Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFQ Refugees podcast. Ted here, John here. Sorry, I should say that with more enthusiasm, but it's been it's been a it's been a rough it's been a rough weekend. Uh, John, how you doing, my friend? Hope you're hope you're hanging in there after. I'm no longer I'm no longer dying. You <laughs> you'll actually hear my voice sound sort of like it usually does. So that's probably good. I might start coughing randomly if you see me uh, dodge for a throat lozenge. That'll be what's going on. But other than that, you know, I'm back to quasi normal just in time for all of our teams to not be playing games anymore. <laughs> yeah, I really we, How about you. Uh, I, I'm doing I'm doing OK. Uh, it's been been an interesting couple of weeks. So I'll say that much. But um, but so far, I think things are things are OK, I believe. So um, but yeah, but uh, but let's uh, let's jump right into it. Um, but- yeah, we got some we got some news that will matter to just us, really, I think, <laughs> overall, probably uh, the case. Uh, about a year ago, we posted back when we used to write on our blog, RFKRefugees.com, for those of you who are still going there for some reason, uh, that we were going to, A, turn into a podcast network. That will still be true. Uh, but B, we were splitting up our brand from RFK Refugees, as people have known us for years now, to United 96 and Kindred Spirits. And... That, uh, I think we're going to end that experiment. I don't think that that really netted us what we thought it was going to do. So from here on out, we are RFK Refugees. We're who we always used to be. We're going to be RFK Refugees on Twitter. We'll be RFK Refugees on Instagram. We'll be RFK Refugees on threads where no one is. I'm just yelling into the void right now on threads, but that's okay. You know, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to make that happen. Um, Kindred Spirits as a independent show is going away. We're going to fold our spirit coverage back into this show. Uh, that's what we used to do back in the day. I think that it will provide, it will make, it will make us be, uh, it will make us be more direct and and succinct with our coverage and not add fluff just for the sake of it. We'll make sure that we're giving you guys, you know, what we actually know about, what we're paying attention to, and what we, you know, what you might want to hear us talk about. So that's kind of where we're at. Hopefully, everybody's cool with that. Uh, by the way, if you are. This will happen over time, but make sure you're subscribed to the RFK Refugees sub, uh, feed. So wherever you go to podcast, search RFK Refugees, subscribe to that. You're still, we're still going to put the shows where they're currently at, where they're at. But over time, we're going to go back to that legacy feed and consolidate once again the highest rated on iTunes podcast in the universe. RFK <laughs> Refugees. That's the plan. Yeah, and and just to give some some background, I think um, I think this is more about you might be saying, well, are you, you know, stopping? We're not going to stop covering the spirit. Um, I think our plan or idea, I think our, uh, our mouths are maybe a little bit bigger than our stomach in, in trying to cover two different teams every week, even though there are plenty of people out there that do that. Um, shout out Jason Anderson, who's now paid to do it. Um, and a lot of other people who do a, a great job with it. We're, we're not going to be stopping our spirit coverage. I just think the nature of trying it, i think it's a it seems it seems like it wasn't going to be a big much like we were going to do smaller bite shows um and then you've probably noticed like our dc podcasts have been extremely long and our spirit podcasts have been extremely short um so i think we're gonna we're gonna give you guys a better experience by just kind of folding it back into one kind of a one-stop shop experience again for the shows we are still going to continue our, our spirit coverage uh you know again and also i think i think there has been uh, there's been a change in the, in at least somewhat of the spirit landscape. Um, there's more coverage out there that you can talk about and a lot of other different things. So, um, go check out Hey Spirits yes. if you're not, I'm sure you are, you, you, you are. Uh, but if you're not, check them out. Um, and, 
yeah. So I, I think I don't think you know nothing really changes except for where you're going to subscribe to the podcast. It's still the same show. It's just a matter of we kept trying to make other brands happen, but everyone just called us the RFK Refugees guys. <laughs> so why why swim against the current? Why why not just uh, you know just go with the wave? Yeah, that's the, what we're going to do. The original brand was the original the original brand. Apparently, we're, we're, it's like we are. I wonder if our like numbers will spike up. Like we tried to do like new Coke, and then we're just going to go back to like Coke Classic, and then suddenly our our numbers are going to skyrocket. United ninety six right? was our United ninety six was our Crystal Pepsi. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's get into a uh, what what we I hope to be a well we already knew I think one one season was careening down the disappointing line. The other season we had hopes of maybe some redemption. Uh, we'll get into that a little later, but I think the main thing we want to do is sort of uh, circle, obviously. We can talk a little bit about the New York City game. Uh, DC United won. They played pretty well without Benteke. Um, no Benteke. And they played some of probably the best passing soccer we've seen all day, which may lead to some questions. Um, Wayne Rudy. Which would be Eric Hurtado probably going to be the starting number nine uh, going forward. Is that Was that the first question you had hey, in mind after you saw him exactly. score that that's header gonna offside? Be, that's going to be the... Uh, that's going to be the... <laughs> We're gonna have a whole hour on Eric Hurtado. Uh, that is going to be the uh, the the first move the GM makes. Of course, is offering uh, Eric Hurtado a DP contract, and we will all cheer and and say, "Oh my god!" Goes wild, mastermind, good sir, mastermind, good sir. But no, um, DC United. Of course, the funniest thing about, and I think it's still true this week. DC United you might look at the standings; you can see them in ninth place, uh, but they are eliminated from the playoffs due to some. I won't get into that. I think everybody knows that pretty much the permutations in math that basically mean they are eliminated despite being currently in a playoff position. Um, but it's funny. It couldn't be, a, there couldn't be a funnier thing to happen to this team than it, what is happening right now. Um, By the way, I was like, actually who, at the New York who, City game. Who wished, who wished, who wished on, who wished on the monkey's paw? That's what I just wonder who, who was the one who wished on the monkey's paw who said, I want DC United. We, we to just want least, the ninth spot to at least finish ninth <laughs> in the playoffs. By the end of the year, by the end of their of their season in particular. And there you go. I was like, great, here you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say. So I was at that New York City game. I left at halftime because I had a three and a half year old with me. But uh, if she, she had a great time. Mm-hmm. She celebrated the the goal, the first goal with a hand with like a fist pump. Mm-hmm. She's made me watch the highlights like four or five or six times. So mission accomplished. Adorable. I can't wait to get her back there when it's not like gale force winds and and uh in the middle of the night but uh you know way to way to close the season out on uh on a, i guess a high note new york city did not have much to play for either at all anything right i think they're still they're still probably technically Seating. I, I kind of i kind of uh, they're not in the playoffs they are out but i think they still have a second a small chance to make it but this game was a we, we played a little bit of a spoiler we'll say we'll say that much uh, against against the uh, against New York, but uh, probably the the bigger news to drop, and maybe something I think maybe was a little bit of surprise. It came that quickly, but at the end of the day, maybe not really too much of a surprise once you kind of thought about it a little bit. There were a lot of things kind of happening towards the end of the week that were maybe a little strange. Uh, but uh, the the news coming out is that what was obviously Wayne Rooney uh, saying he was done. Uh, he was going back to England and is now the Birmingham manager. That was really quick, even though he said in the podcast in the press conference, he was like, oh, I don't know where, you know, where I'll be or what will what will happen next. And then it was like five days later. Oh, I'm new Birmingham manager. <laughs> did, did he say goodbye to fans? No. Did he post on social media that he was leaving? No. Did he say thank nothing? We just it's like it's like uh, 
it's 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 like a Samuel Incoom leaving your your lease uh, unattended. We just it was just gone. It's like we all we all imagined this entire year and a half. Let's let's maybe let's maybe unpack on this a little bit. Let's 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 close the loop a bit on on Wayne Rooney's tenure here in DC because and it might be saying it's you know we're already talking about new GM hires. We'll get into that a little bit. You know, coaching hires, players coming and going, which is news that kind of came fast and furious. But I think we do deserve to maybe. Um, sit down and and kind of uh, assess a little bit and and maybe give our thoughts on kind of the end of Wayne Rudy's tenure. Obviously, I mean, I don't think you can call it anything else but a failure. Um, and I say that full-throatedly. This He had a goal, and that was to get this team sort of back into the playoffs, and he failed to do so. Um, and I think that's why – that's ultimately why he is not coming back. Um, I think – I I like point to – it, it really seems to me – it really seems to me that maybe this was over maybe even earlier than we thought um, that even if this team had made the playoffs, had won a couple games, make a run or two, maybe I, I don't know whether he would be back because I think it really seemed like the team as a whole and the ownership as a whole really maybe was hopefully coming to the conclusion that a massive change of direction was going to have to happen. And we'll get, I'll get into a little bit about, maybe some hope about that changing, even though uh, there is one big elephant that will still be in the room come this time. But um, John, give me some quick, some quick hits. What are your thoughts about Wayne Rooney leaving? Any, any, any words of wisdom you can impose on us? I think they did him no favors by not giving him an actual GM and giving him more rope to hang himself, which is what he did with some of his player selections. Mm -hmm. I think he was unlucky with major injuries to the left side of his entire playing uh and, and the 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 termination of one of their designated players without replacement i think there are a lot of extenuating circumstances that add up to a team that did not make the playoffs and that probably should have i'm not sure how long it was where he was decided he was going the timeline now obviously is with a giant crane of salt uh or sand or salt <laughs> but uh According to him, you know, the, the big news came out that he was waiting to talk to the team about a new contract, was looking for a multi-year contract, did not want just the one year. This was while the team was still ostensibly in the hunt. Mm -hmm. Although once he got the job at Birmingham, he said he'd been talking to multiple teams, including in the Saudi league. Uh, he, that he was, his agent was fielding calls for a while. I have a feeling that as soon as he went out to the media about the fact that he was not getting his calls picked up, they were full. They were done. They were the, the bags were packed at that point. Uh, the you know you can argue about how how good he was as a coach and where he is. I think he's not the full article yet. He's gonna take some time, and that's why Birmingham gave him gave him a long term deal. Uh, but I think the, the thing that you do know is that he has the global cachet to get a job somewhere whenever he wants. Like when he was ready to leave, he was going to leave. He was not going to be bound here. He wasn't bound here as a player. He was not going to be bound here as a coach, particularly feeling like he wasn't wanted. Uh, DCU striker says Wayne checked out sometime after O'Brien left and 14 days ago. That fits my timeline. Some somewhere in there uh, is when it's when he was done. So, you know, uh, is it a big loss? No, I think what we fear what we and I talked about when he was signed is the worst case scenario. And it has come to pass is that this team signs a bunch of short term quick fix, make the playoff in one year players. And at the end, we have no long-term philosophy on how we're going to play. We don't have a, a great number of young players that are in the that are in the lineup, and we have no coach. 
uh, and we don't know where we're and we're starting fresh, basically like a year and a half just got lit on fire. That is pretty much where we're at, kind yeah. of literally. Yeah, and and honestly, I mean, to really put the, I, I want to go back to what your comment about not giving him a GM. I will say that he had a he had a GM entering the offseason. It's true. It, it, it was Lucy Rushton, and he said, I, I know better than Lucy Rushton. And I, who she, he was clearly involved in some part of the, in the decision process to, to let go of Lucy Rushton. I think I can't imagine. I, it, it seems to me like this team kind of just turned things over to him. There's been some debate as to whether, you know, we while speculated whether Casper was in charge. I found it really interesting. I, I almost feel like I, I look at the team and I look at the club and I'm like, they could have bought out Raval Morrison's contract. I mean, if you want to talk about the real stinker of a move that that this uh, that that Wayne Rooney made, and the one criti- one thing I can think you can 100 percent criticism, it is Raval sure. Morrison. He a player he said would be top five in MLS when he came. He chased away everybody else and said, "Nope, I want Ravel. And the team basically let that hang around his neck, let him be in training, but not registered to the roster. Um, he wanted to register him towards the end of the year. I think that could have been a moment where he was like, you know what? I'm done with this. Um, this league is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, just taking all that, I mean, uh, honestly, and, and I think this was uh, brought up by, I believe, Tom Bogart on extra time. I mean, and he makes a good point. It's like by the, so you, you, you get rid of Lucy Rushton sometime, I think in December by January, any GM coming in is already going to have a, a roster that's mostly built. They had already they had Taxi Fundos at the time. They had Benteke. They already signed. And then they went out and already had Mateus Click signed. So the three DSP slots were filled. They could not. I believe they already had a U22 initiative player in Chris Durkin. They could not sign another one or their full complement, at least, uh, due to the fact that they had a overage, like three overage DPs. You had so little room to do anything. And you were also operating with Wayne Rooney, who had already fired the previous GM. I think they absolutely theoretically. Yeah, the, I, I I do not know a GM that would even want to even if a GM was maybe interested in taking the job like they are now, you would want to know that you would have more decisions made. And the whole situation with the coach, I think, took a uh, took any killed any opportunity for this team to even hire a GM. Um, you know, my, my thoughts on, you know, my thoughts on Wayne Winner as a coach. I think he was I think he's an OK coach. He's certainly Got some skill. I think he will get better um, as he goes on. I've, I have no doubt that he's going to maybe go on and be a fairly successful coach. Um, I think he the fact that he went and took this job down here um, compared to like a Steven Gerrard that crashed and burned in England and then just jumped to Saudi Arabia. You know, he went for a for a new challenge. Um, you know, I, he has a lot of respect, I think, for doing that. Mm-hmm. I think the real blame for me lands on both the front office and the ownership for Again, another short-term fix and no long-term vision. And uh, I feel like a lot of the media has pointed that out. And hopefully, hopefully we start to we start to maybe get that long-term vision. Um, we'll get into that maybe in a little bit. But I wanted to talk about something that came up on, and we'll we'll talk about this, and then we can talk about the roster. Uh, Pablo was on Pitch Pass uh, this week, or last week. I don't know. Recently, basically wrapping the season up. And he said that DC United has become known for three things. I think this is really important. I think um, he would know. Pablo is, is is tied into the league. He's tied into uh, he's tied into agents. He knows this stuff. He said that 
Number one, DC United are known to overpay for players. When we talk about the roster and we talk about the salary of some of these players, that will become evident. He said that they are known to overestimate the value of their own players when trying to make trades. I think you could look at the number of players who are rumored to leave who then didn't or or who, who maybe did leave and it, it was not a did not turn out to be a good deal for both parties. Uh, I think that's important. And then the last thing is that they are known for a, a, a as a team that will overpay on the field, but will underpay their front office staff to a criminal extent. So Lucy Rushton, a, a, a front a, a GM Wunderkind that was highly touted, coming from Atlanta United, data background, helped build Atlanta United into the team that they are. She was making low six figures at, at DC United, one of the lower roster. According to Pablo, one of the lower salaries in that in the league for that type of position, she gets a job as a GM for Bay FC, making about a million dollars a year in the NWSL. So uh, there is something to be said for where you spend your money. You, it's very challenging at this point to look at Jason Levian and the rest of this ownership group and say they are cheap; they don't want to spend money. That does not see appear to be true. What appears to be true is that they don't know how to spend money. They spend money poorly. They spend money in all of the wrong ways, and the people telling them how to spend money are not advising them well, which is the whole point in why we're at where we're at. So I recommend you go check that podcast out, but I think that that really tells you the hole that we're in. And we can, we'll can we talk about the roster here and see that see that hole manifest, but like it is, a, it is not just a matter of Wayne Rooney wasn't a great coach. It was not just a matter, oh, yeah. matter of their injuries on the field. There is chronic mismanagement that has enabled this team to sit idle for almost a decade. There have been different reasons, but the most pervasive reasons now are poor decision-making, not being cheap, not being poor, just making the wrong decision over and over again. Yeah. And I mean, it gets back, it gets back to it, like just a lack of, like a lack of, again, we talk about this early lack of vision. And I think that's, that's really started to come through, especially post, I think post Rooney, I think it was even more evident than it was. I mean, this team in front of you, this roster that we're going to go through is in all in all honesty still just kind of a hodgepodge of players some who have been here for a long time in Russell Canals and Steve Birnbaum who were from completely different eras to guys most of the I, well I guess Roberta we could call maybe a Lasada guy but um like most of your Lasada guys or the players you brought in under Lasada which honestly I mean honestly the one you could really consider is taxi foot dust and he's gone you know it's it's really been a lack of vision and you know, I, I one thing that does worry me about, you know, whatever the new GM comes in, I, I will be very curious to see. We're already hearing, you know, some rumblings about players that might be looking, starting to look elsewhere. We've gotten a couple, you know, hints at a goodbye message uh, coming through, um, you know, I, and, and those types of things actually concern me a little bit because I'm like, OK, well, what is, you know, we said no decisions until a GM isn't hired. Well, then who's making these decisions before a GM has even had a chance to to get their foot in the door? Indeed. It leads to a lot of questions. Um, so we're, we're going to I think what we're, we're going to do here is use this really good article from the district press that looked at the roster contract situations and we'll go through the players and we'll start with the players that are already on the rumored to be on their way out uh, that are not under contract for 2024 or have options. And then we'll 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 walk through what we think about each of those players and then we'll look at what they're being paid to. All right. So Derek Williams is the player that Ted was mentioning that has already posted a goodbye message on Instagram. Uh, he has already basically all of the players have already said, you know, <laughs> basically said their goodbyes in the comments. 
Derek Williams was making $800,000 a season and was signed in November. And he's done in December. He's done now. He's, he's, yeah. on, he's walking. There's no option. So I think is no option. So what, uh, what are your, what are your thoughts about him uh, at that, at that salary amount? I mean, I think the salary amount, I mean, was he a, you talk again about, you know, if, if you're going to pay a defender at that sort of level, which is essentially a TAM level, I, I, Derek Williams was good. Like he was solid yep. in a lot of ways. He was probably one of our be- best defenders out there. We could sit here and argue about whether that's him or Donovan Pines. I think a lot of fans would, would maybe lean towards Donovan Pines. Um, but I think he was one of our best defenders out there. One one error in a game against Philly does not erase, I think, the sort of solidness that he brought to the back line. Um, that being said, you gotta. Th- this team is going to be very tight on roster. They're DP slots. They're going to have one open designated player slot. Uh, maybe, uh, and then maybe your full complement of U twenty two initiative players. I'm not sure if Durkin. I know Durkin's older than twenty two, but I think you could ride that. His grandfather. Yeah, that U twenty two contract out for for a little while. Um, so there is some room to make moves, but it's certainly there's going to be there's going to be some dead weight on this roster. Um, there's going to be players that you know were signed this year that we're not sure whether they're really going to perform um, whether they're going to really perform next year. So you got to cut somewhere to give yourself a chance to maybe go out and 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 fill that rosters fill that international slot as well as uh, maybe some cap space as well. So this is a salary cap league. I don't know if that maybe is a hint. I kept wondering, well, maybe they'll keep, maybe they'll keep Derek Williams because they're rumored changes to the salary cap coming. I wonder if those are, are maybe not going to happen or there's going to be some less a bit um, than we've seen. So I think they were going to ask him to, sign a contract for less. Mm-hmm. That was a, that contract was a remnant of his previous, it was a previous contract <laughs> with LA under, uh, under and, a and GM a who account. is now fired, who's now gone as Correct. well. So, so that was us taking a bad. I would say taking a bad contract for, from a, from a salary cap perspective. That's what that was. He was a good player on a salary number that was too high. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think he was probably asked, Hey, we don't have a coach or a GM. What's your interest in coming back at, uh, 600, $600,000, $550,000. He probably said, my agent is not going to return this call. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, I, I will not be shocked if he can go get an offer several different places outside of that. Um, you know, somewhere Birmingham City. Call, pick up your, yeah, pick up the courtesy maybe, phone. Maybe. Um, well, I mean, one thing, you know, one thing I will add, you know, I do wonder, you know, we're, we're, we're going to talk a bit about Andy Nahar um, and, and some other, some other players, I do wonder if there are certain players that want to know where they're going to be. This team doesn't have a GM who can come in and decide that the GM gets in there. It's two to three weeks. I think there are some players that are maybe propositioning. I think we're seeing it with, with Andy and we'll talk about that in a bit. Some players are like, well, I need to see what else is out there because I don't want to be caught with my, I don't want to be like, all right, yeah, boss, you know, wait, wait till the GM gets here and let him decide. Cause then if he doesn't decide and I haven't done the legwork to find something else for me, then, you know, I'm going to be stuck. And I think that's what we're seeing with, you know, with, with some of these players, Derek Williams might be, uh, you know, maybe there's a contract less, maybe they already have the GM and, and the GM's already co- sort of gone through their roster and what, and what they want. Um, who knows um, at this point, but maybe let's jump to him. I was going to go in a different order, but let's jump to Andy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it comes out today. Andy has an option for this year. Uh, ho- however, <laughs> he 
he was uh, being de- uh, interviewed by Deportes TVC. Uh, and this is what he said. He said, I have to go back and fix my situation with DC. They have an option, so we have to talk. My contract is over at the moment, so I'm a free agent. There may be opportunities in the United States and abroad. I want to return to Europe. So um, before people were, there were some people already talking about what's cut Andy. He's too expensive. He's injury prone. Andy appears to be saying, you cannot cut me. I will cut myself. Uh, I will I will leave on my I will leave on my own accord because I believe I still have I still have suitors, I think. Well, what, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, fun, here's the funny thing, though. Those options. I mean, we've we, there have been players in the past that have tried to leave on their option. DC could say, oh, you've got you've got all these clubs interested in you. All right, we're going to exercise that option. We love we like a transfer fee, fee, please. And and you know what? They I, and that would be the real cynical. If you wanted to be a real cynical GM coming in, maybe you look at that. Um, you look at that option, but I I I think they will. Whatever transfer fee they get, I don't think it would be worth the headache of all those teams suddenly saying, nope. "You know what? We're not interested again." You um, got to do, but you got to do right by Andy here mm-hmm. if if he wants to go. Yeah, in my mind. And you know, I think he's going now to train. I think at Olympia. Um, you know, Andy is a if if Andy was playing the way he was, and you were not every game wondering when is he going to get his next injury, not if he will get his next injury. I would say he would be a no brainer to exercise that option and sign him up. You know, I think this might be a question. I think this could be the first sort of indication that if Andy does not come back and, you know, some other players we see start to go that this team might be, I I kept wondering, you know, is the new GM going to come in and going to be like, well, I'm going to, you know, this team's already basically built. Let me get a coach in here who can be flexible who can, you know, build a team kind of around sort of just kind of pick up where Wayne Rooney left off and, you know, try to just, you know, put something together because there's really not too many bad pieces here. But if Andy Nahar goes, if a lot of other players go, you know, you could be looking at a season where um, maybe the new GM says, you know what, I want to blow this whole thing up. Let's let's give me three designated player spots. We're going to build this whole thing from scratch. I don't know. It's difficult to see where, where they would go. I had a conversation with someone about this who's more of a casual fan. And I said, as a hardcore fan, that's my preference. If you're going to do this thing, do this thing. Go to the studs. Mm-hmm. Let's be bad for two years. Let's let's commit to that. And uh, she was not interested in that. And she's like, you're going to, there's going to be seven people watching these games and no one will come to them. And that actually matters. They don't want it. They don't want to have empty stadiums. You have to at least put some sort of a product on the field. That's a bare minimum product, basically. And I think that, that's probably true, but the fastest way I think to get there is to, you know, pull all the copper wiring out of the, out of the walls and sell it for, sell it for scrap and just get what you can. Um, so Andy could, Andy's likely gone. Sounds like unless he, unless they pick up the option and play hardball with him, it doesn't sound like it's a matter of, I just want more money, which was the problem last time when we brought him in on a, uh, you are, you are here as a tryout player because you've been injured so long and you earned your way back into a full contract, which is what happened here this second stint. So I think I think it's it sounds like he's gone. Yeah. Uh, Russell Knauss, next player on the the potential chopping block. Russell Knauss making a half a million dollars. He also had his most um, durable season this year. I think he's appeared in twenty seven games. When he was on, I think he was extremely solid, and I don't think there's another player on the roster that is dependably as good at the things that he's good at. Chris Durkin, you could argue maybe if given the opportunity a full season in that position could probably make a very decent approximation for less money. 
uh, and maybe that happens if 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 Russell does get moved on. But what are your thoughts on uh, Knauss? Um, I love I love Russell Knauss. Um I think he is a he is a potential player. You're talking about players that other MLS teams looking for a number six might be interested in. And again, you talk about that blow up. I think that'll be a question. New GM comes in. Do you think Chris Durkin can rise to that role or do you not think so? And you want to just ride with again, I think this might be a question. This might be another thing where it comes down to. Are we going to look at a complete and utter blow up of the team or are we going to look at a more incremental type of bill? By the way, I want to shout out Gregory. Uh, Gregory Koch uh, subscribed at tier two, 27 month streak for him. So we think thank I you. Love so that. Much. Gregory, the best. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, but yeah, but I think I think back to back to that, um, back to Russell. I mean, I love Russell. I think he is a he is a fantastic player. I think this year him being the most durable he's been, I think has been due to the fact that he has not been run into the ground by Lasada and that he has been played a more, a less strenuous role kind of being that hold number six. I think if you are a man, if you are a co GM manager coming in thinking you want to get more out of him, I don't think you're going to get that. You're going to get solid number six play, uh, potentially very, very good number six play. Um, if that's good enough for you, I think you keep him. If you want more out of that position, well then maybe I think you might look, look elsewhere. Um, in that call. So that might be another sort of, um, I don't know. What's the canary I don't want, in the coal mine. I don't want, yeah, I was going to say canary in the coal mine, but that's bad. Like, I don't know. Just more sign <laughs> well, that things might be different. <laughs> kind of is. Yeah. Uh, Donovan Pines, a player that is uh, rumored to be looking at a new contract, according to Stephen Goff. A player I think is a, is a Rorsak, Rorsak uh, test for any DC United fan. What do you see when you look at Donovan Pines? Do you see uh, Athletic Freak? That is just a little no, little tweak away from being MLS All Star caliber, or do you see Bambi on ice uh, that is has through three or four coaches been unable to lock down a permanent position on a number of bad teams? I know how I I, I feel like I think that Donovan Pines is now twenty five. Is he twenty five? Thought he was still twenty six, like, maybe. Maybe you might be right about that. I think Donovan Pines is who he is now at this particular moment, which is a player who can do well in a back five or a, back, or a three-man back line. And I think in a back four, he, he, suff- he suffers sometimes. I think his natural abilities and his technical ability and his tactical awareness are not all in a line. And if they were, he would not be here. He would be somewhere in a better league than he is. I think that you want to hold on to him because even, even still, I think he'll be He'll be much cheaper than Derek Williams. Mm-hmm. He'll probably be cheaper than another center back we'll be talking about here in a second. And again, I continue to think in a world where Chris Durkin is your starting number six, Donovan Pines is your one of your starting center backs. Yeah. Um, and I guess I, I think he showed tremendous improvement. Um, apparently, Wayne Rooney did not think so. <laughs> Disagreed. Disagreed heavily, um, even though I've never seen a player where the media I mean I guess we have seen players we've always seen I've always seen players with like coaches value them like them more than everybody else hates them I don't think I've ever seen a situation where a media fans everybody I mean fans of course but like media everybody around DC media like looks at Donovan Pines and says wow look at all these improvements he's been really good like he has he has completely reduced the the mess ups in his game but when you talk to the coach, like, oh, he's he's been okay. It hasn't been. I'm like, are we watching like the same thing? Like, because I I think he's been pretty good. By the way, he will be 26 come the start of next year. So he certainly is he certainly is no longer a young player. Um, I guess you know again 
maybe that's that's again another question. Um, <laughs> that's another question for do you you know as a GM do you want to you know really rebuild this team or do you think you can get the most out of Diamond Pines? It'll be that'll be- also would he take a two year contract? Yeah, at, at this age, this is I mean he's in his he's in his earning prime now. I don't know I don't know what his value is across the league. I don't think it's as high as it is. I think he'll get more money here than he would in a in, in an open market situation. You know, is it a situation where maybe he maybe he looks and maybe there's some other people out there that looked at what they saw and they said, hey, maybe here's a guy we can pick up. He's going to be a free agent. I fix you. Uh, I, I think it'll be a case for him possibly if he enters uh, he enters next year, if he maybe reaches out to his agent and says, what's out there? Is anybody talking? Is anybody listening? Is there anybody I can jump to? He, it's, it's not an option year <laughs> in his contract. He, his option was exercise. Is that right? So, yes. Yeah. So, and, you know, maybe then he makes that, he makes that free move somewhere. Um, I don't know. You're right. Aaron you Bob are gets. right. You are right about the, uh, about the, um, about the fact that he is sort of entering his prime. This might be sort of his last chance to get a decent contract um, before it runs out. So next up. On the chopping block, Ruan, who has an option for 2024, and he is making, I believe, 400,000. Yeah, 400. 400K. So in a world where Andy Nahar and his 450K are gone, that means, A, you have no right back <laughs> otherwise, uh, and uh, Ruan could be it for low, low price of 400,000. I think Ruan has shown, uh, he's shown his skills and he's shown his flaws. I think that he is not... He's not the guy you want in a defense first four man back line. He's, he's fast as hell. He can be dangerous uh, in combination running up and down the wing, but he's not the guy you want on an ISO basis with the with the team's best attacker on the left hand side, uh, just just doing their just doing their their dirtiest to him. So I don't know. I feel like you could probably afford to. I, I would maybe let him go. Mm-hmm. I uh, depending I, on. Uh, I, th- I think Ruan was better than a lot of fans gave him credit for. I thought he had some decent moments. Um, I thought once this team got a little bit quicker in the attack, I thought he showed a little bit. I think when he was able to combine with a with a quick player, I think it's like his. If you want to talk about like his best game was like that was that Orlando road game uh, where he linked up he linked up with Taxi. Like you talk about that was where I thought he looked he looked his best. Um, but at the end of the day. I think this is a player you look at, you say you're not going to we I, there there are players out there. I think you can find that are better than him, um, particularly if Andy's going. I think that's that's maybe your GM's first opportunity to sort of remake that right side and that right back position. Um, well, along with the coach, presumably um, where you can go out and do something. So uh, Eric Davis options for 24 and 25. He's an international player, mm-hmm. I believe. I think that that is a component of this choice as a Panamanian international. Um, I think that he showed pretty well of, of the, of the mid season, like fill filling gaps players. I think he has some, some major upside. I would say you keep him particularly if you could pick up his option for one year and not both years mm-hmm. um, to give yourself continued flexibility. He's a good whole plugger um, versus some of the players that we'll talk about here that are also on international <laughs> international uh, spots that have not been contributing at all over multiple years. Yeah. What do you think? I, I mean, I would, he, he's a, he's a player. I think I've sung, I've sung a lot of his praises. He's also a player. If Wayne Rooney was here next year, I would say keep him because I think he's been decent enough. He fits the system. 
because this he's team, also 32 by yeah 30 and i'm saying he because he's getting up because we are going we are going if we because then i just look at okay sign him up sign his option for another year he's been solid he's been good hopefully mahana jaws comes back and we've got something um you know we maybe we've got a, a tandem we can use that doesn't involve you know a 35 year old pedro santos um and maybe pedro santos can be less and less more of a very much a reserve type player um, rather than starting week in and week out, which I don't think was ever the, was ever the idea. Um, but because we basically said, Nope, we're going to, we want to build something new. He's one of the players. I'm like, okay, well, I want to see that, that new build I, that to me, that's a coach's decision. I think that's something you hire the coach and you say, if maybe have him watch some game film and say, what do you think? Can you use them? We could take the year. How do you, what do you want to do? So, but um, I'm saying you still got a month. You still got a couple months to decide. You get to the end of December 31st. Yeah, basically. <laughs> So when the Harry coach um, that fast, I don't know. So, yeah, uh, Brandon Heinz Ike. This is an interesting one. Options for twenty four and twenty five. A player who has been injured uh, repeatedly uh, throughout time. Brandon Heinz Ike. Also, let's find out his contract number. It's it, it's a thing around Ruan, if I recall. It's like four hundred five hundred thousand. It's four hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah. So he's a man that has broken his his uh, list Frank in his foot. He's shattered his hip. He's broken his leg, I believe. Also, um, I would say he had he, so he came back here in the, at the end of the season, got a lot more time. I gave a lot of high marks to his leadership and intensity, I, sort of at least as he has professed it in subsequent podcasts and sort of talked about what he thinks the role should be. I think there's in a team that is being entirely gutted, essentially, and devoid of that institutional leadership for four hundred thousand dollars for maybe your rotational center back. I would say you keep that player. Yeah. I think that you, I think there's some value in that. And I think he also, he was decent. He wasn't bad. And I have Derek Williams off for the off. You can't have no center backs. What do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think he's been decent. Um, I think you got to start. You, you may be right. You artists still got to start somewhere. I think if it was a one year option, I would say, yes, do it. No brainer. It's a two year option, which means he's here for next year. I think if you are, regardless if you are the GM, regardless if you're saying we're going to have a bridge year where we're going to kind of build on what build on what Wayne Rooney started, we're going to play, and then you know next year is going to be the real you know we're going to rebuild everything. I think the fact that it's a two year option maybe has me a little bit iffy as to whether I would want him back because then you're doing what you've been always doing, which is you get to 2025, he's like, well, we got another year of him, so you know, and we want to redo this, and we can't do that because we've got him. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I think the two year option for me makes it a little tough for me. Um, I will not be I, I will not be surprised if they say no to that um, and they think they can go and look elsewhere. So based on well, and, so, so you know, say and, say and, they don't. OK, good. Say they don't say he's gone. Say Donovan Pines goes elsewhere. We already know Derek Williams is gone and that will leave us with um, and Hayden, Hayden Sargis and Steve Birnbaum as your center backs, essentially. Um, with that in mind, does that change? Does that change? Uh, and also, Matai Kabone. Yeah. Does that change? Does that change your mind on sort of the? Or do you still say, from a GM new coach perspective, fine, 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 two guys, you can do it. I guess it's again, it's a question of what do you? What is your plan here? Are you trying to completely rebuild? I, I don't know. I feel like if you're keeping, if you are keeping, Brendan Heinzeich, you're keeping Steve Birnbaum, you're you're going to have Akambone. Then you are basically saying, well, this year is going to be a bridge year where we're going to bridge this. We're going to try to be competitive 
we're going to bridge this towards next year. Again, you know, also, um, you know, you talk about being bad for, for two years. I mean, this is not, this is not like, you know, I, I remember watching, I watched like, you know, you keep up with most North American sports and they all talk about teams intentionally losing and intentionally trying to get higher draft picks. That doesn't work in MLS. It's like you win a higher no. college <clears throat> draft pick, which you might get a good or decent player, no guarantees of anything that you'll be anything successful. Um, so there is something to be said in MLS. Like you almost, you almost have to start to be competitive because even being competitive is better. Um, you know, as being tanking gets you nothing. Yeah. Tanking gets you absolutely nowhere. Um, and you know, you also gotta, does the GM weigh the ownership and the ownership coming in? I don't know. You're saying like that. Maybe, maybe you keep one of them. I would maybe lean towards, um, Donovan pines, pines over that. Yep. Um, with the idea that you are then going to try to build, um, you know, Akinboni, I think is right now. He is definitely the future. He looked very, very good in that New York City FC game. That is your yep. potential future defense, probably coming in for for a guy like, um, and you know, and to say, well, he's seventeen. He's you know, it's tough to be a seventeen year old center back. Um, there have been plenty of players that have jumped into that role at very young ages. Um, LAFC has one who's already being looked at uh, for by for a European purchase. So. Yeah. It's definitely um, right. now here's you want to get some easy ones. Let's let's do let's set these up. <laughs> knock these down. Uh, Ravel Morrison, the 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 movie we already talked about eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. Goodbye. 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 Enjoyed your your stolen money uh, for this entire year. Nigel Roberta, a player I have talked about so much. If you've listened to this podcast, you know two things. One, I like green sauce on my pupusas, and two, I think Nigel Roberta is not good at soccer. Um, I just want I, that, I I just want FM Football Manager twenty four to stop telling me that to stop showing me those all those stars for his potential. They love I don't him, want it. and I do not understand it. I don't get it. I don't get it all. I don't want it. By the way, we'll have five hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yes. Uh, how many goals has he scored for DC United? Not not a not not that many. I believe the answer is two. I am I am reasonably certain. You can maybe look that up while we're talking here. Uh, but that is a player that I think there's almost no chance they pick up that option. He's gone for the off a, 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 a bad signing to start with and never, and never panned out. That was a, uh, Lasada era signing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He was right. I think he was, he was rumored to be right before they brought in or not Lasada. So I think we've gone invisible on the live stream, but yeah, yeah hopefully, hopefully y'all can us, still hear us. <laughs> we'll keep talking. Um, Gasuo Samake. Who has an options for twenty four twenty five? That the man's gone, right? Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, might be good for nope, Loudon. Not sad. Might be good for Loudon, but I think yeah, I think he's gone. Jose Fajardo options for twenty four twenty five. Nope. Another player I'm not impressed with. Nope. Goodbye. Yamil Assad options for twenty four and twenty five. Goodbye. Oh man, that's just Yamil. Yamil still makes me sad. It makes me sad, man. It really does. He was uh, just watching him in twenty. I mean, he will be still be the first player that scores at Audi Field. Um. That is true. Can't take that away. I will say, uh, I will say, uh, was, well, howdy partners is for what it's worth. Orlando got Shaq Muhammad with our number two pick, though he spent most of the near next pro. That's what you get with draft picks. And um, I think DC has a good enough market in the academy that they, they don't need to be looking in the draft. If they want to take their draft pick every year and ship it for allocation money, that is a okay with me. Yeah, they might, we might get a good or decent player out of the draft, but if you are mining your homegrowns the way you should, you'd be mining your uh, your academy the way you should, especially that marketplace. If you can get back into Baltimore and get that get that ship rolling again, um, then yep. I I think that's where you, that's where you're going to get the most out of it. So, 
Luis Samudio, contract options for 24-25. Uh, who? <laughs> the third string goalkeeper. Oh, oh, oh Zamudio. Sorry, I, I completely blanked on his name. <laughs> I don't blame you because he's played no games for DC United except for this friendly just down the street. Yeah, he played for Loudon, though. Wow, that was bad. Um, yep. Yeah, I I mean, if you think he's good enough, sure. Um, he's probably cheap. You probably need a backup option. Very cheap. Yeah, I'm not sure what the situation is between Alex Bono and Tyler Miller as far as goalkeepers go. I think I believe Bono, they are both under contract for next year. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, and the year after, I believe too. Ooh, let's see. They, hopefully, there's Alex an Bono. Alex Bono's uh, through 2024, and Tyler Miller's through 2024. Okay, probably with Alex an Bono option. making 80. Alex Bono making 85,000, and Tyler Miller making 400,000. Jeez. You can't keep, I, I would say you get rid of one of them. Yeah. I, I, I think you get, I mean, honestly, based on how last season ended, you look to get rid of maybe Tyler Miller and shed that contract for, for, uh, for Alex Bono, um, especially at that, at that value. How does that dude, yep. how does that dude live in DC for $80,000 a year? Probably has roommates. I would hope. My goodness. Probably has roommates. <laughs> I think, yeah. Anyway, um, so that ends. Oh, yeah. And then the other easy one is Eric Hurtado. That's goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Uh, now some oh, well, Ted speak, speaking of Eric Hurtado in Vancouver, we forgot to mention as well. Carl Robinson joining uh, joining Birmingham at the roster. Fred, I just Fred Brian drop, is I, the... I just, that just put that together. It's like, why is there Eric Hurtado on this team? Oh, yeah, because Carl Robinson was here. Um, he was a guy many thought might be the coach of the team. And then, nope. And then he got a better job. He got a, he got a better gig, probably paying more money. Yes. Um, Ted Cudipietro, yes, a player that this team is absolutely going to lock up. They're going to make him a key component of this roster. He's going to start next year. That's yeah. that's what's going to happen. I, I I would hope, unless I mean, we'll talk to the new GMs. I feel like that's a move you can make without. I think you could you could maybe ask the interview. What do you think of Tekken Peacher? Great player. He should stay here. Great. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and <laughs> it's lock already that been one done. Down. We can lock that one right. down. Hopefully, hopefully it's been done. Um, they they seem to be. You know, gassing him up. Chris Pontius is his uh, is his uh, agent. You want to feel old, folks? Yes, Chris Pontius, <laughs> a player I saw score his first goal against LA Galaxy on the road after getting drafted from the University of Maryland, is now a gray gray like me uh, <laughs> uh, agent. And do, do you pick up his option, or do you go ahead and just get him locked down on that multi year deal? Lock him down. Yeah, I, I think. It, 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 but if they offer him a new contract, does he then count against? Does he no longer count as a homegrown, and does he count against I the cap? I think you still get a salary. I think you still get a benefit, a roster benefit from extending your homegrowns. Okay, I'm not sure. We'll Do, TBD on that. Some we'll have to. Some nerds will have to figure that out for us. Um, so the last one that's a bit of an open question, and I think this has been debated. Matt Doyle had an opinion on this. The internet has an opinion on this. Gabriel Pirani, mm-hmm. whose option is coming up, uh, as loan as loan is ending with an option to buy coming up. If you look at Pirani's statistics from a chances created metric, which is where you normally would judge a number 10, he's very, very poor. One of the one of the worst 10s creators in MLS. A lot of that can be attributed potentially to the players around him, to the style played, to the lack of wingers, lots of things going on there. But if you're looking at this player coming into with a new coach and a new GM, Right now, if you walk away, no harm done. You didn't. You didn't lose anything. You're not under any sort of. How sure are you about Pirani as a piece you want to build for the future with a multi-year contract that you would? What would your What would your thought process be around him as a new GM, new coach? 
yeah, I mean, he's a player. I, I like I see what I see is good. Stats aren't there. Am I being? I, I will. I will defend his his number a little bit. I think also like people pointed out, Ricky Pooge is like 99th percentile in passes, and then like as soon as you hit versus attacking players, like you on the on the F ref F FB ref uh, page, it like drops down to like 24. He's in the 24th percentile in a lot of those a lot of those categories or lower um, in some cases. So you know that that versus attacking players, I think it, I think it's a little. It's a little, um, uh, it's maybe, maybe a little, a little difficult. It's difficult to judge a guy coming in mid season. There was enough there to make me say that there's certainly promise there. Um, you know, again, does he come in with maybe, does he come in with a new coach? I, I think that's, that's going to be a decision. And honestly, my, my biggest fear with this is going to be, you know, is DC able to organize everybody, everybody find their feet? And they, are they going to be able to get enough a decision before? Because Santos wants to sell. Santos wants to move him. They are a team that is in a in a selling mode right now. It's been talked about, and that's why he was loaned. Was I think you know Santos is looking for a big payday. Will they eventually? Will those teams eventually? I mean, those teams don't care who the GM is. They don't care what the situation is. They want to get their value for their player. Um, he is going to play in the uh, Pan American game. Show is Jackson Hopkins. So is um, Ted Gutierrez. Um, so that'll be something interesting to watch. It's a data point. It's a data point for the GM to look at too. I think for in in a different surrounding with a different roster around him. What can he? What can he show? I think that'll be. It's kind of very fortuitous for DC United to have this opportunity to watch him play before they have to make a decision. Yeah. Um, again, that will be a U22 roster. It is the, what I guess we will call the U23 B side. I'll be watching because Ted could get Pietro and Jackson Hopkins. will oh, be yeah. playing. I don't know. I, I'm you, you can still sign him. The, the enticing part about him is you can still sign him as a U22 initiative player. And with the idea with the idea that, you know, he doesn't take up a designated player slot. So he you can you can go out and you can do them. Now that does potentially bring you some limitations on the type of designated player you can sign. If you don't sign him, then you absolutely need to go out and find a number 10 and nail that number 10 spot um, to get a real top and top chance creator. It's one of those players where it's like, same thing with Nahar is if they say goodbye to Andy Nahar, I'm like, okay, I can see reasons behind that. I can see reasons by Gabriel Prani going, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be back here, you know, October 16th, 2024 on this podcast being like, you know, we had Gabriel Prani, you know, we had Andy Dahar. Why didn't we resign them? Why did we sign this bum? That's, that's sort of the, the nature of where I'm, where I'm maybe going there. So that'll be interesting to watch. That'll be maybe another sign of what's to come for this year. That's that's the list. That's I, I want to run you very quickly through the players that are under contract. So this is this is <laughs> if all oh, those choices were made. Oof, here's who's left. Bad. Here's who's left, guaranteed next year. Christian Benteke, mm-hmm. Mateus Click, Christian Dahomey. That by the way, that that move still tilts me that this is a long term. Brennan Heinzike with with that option. Uh, he's listed as a player that's uh, that's here. Uh, Chris Durkin, Tyler Miller, Pedro Santos, who is 35. Alex Bono, Hayden Sargis, Zamudio. This is counting some players with options. We're using different different websites here, all, all the one. Steve Birnbaum, under contract to the end of 2025. Mahana Giazzi, same story. Jackson Hopkins, Christian Fletcher, and Matai Akinboni. That's who's left. That's that's the roster, as it is currently constituted with no option signings. Um, yeah. There's- just just watch. 
Christian Fletcher and Jackson Hopkins both making $85,000. Matiak and Boney making 67. Both that's a player. By the way, if you look at like roster maximization and like making things happen, if you're able to make a player who's making $67,000 your starting center back playing starting half your games, that's how you do it. Yeah. That's that's like that's like the money ball stuff. That's where that's where you really are able to that's where you can spread that depth around so that when he gets hurt you have a player coming in that's not just USL level replacement guy. If you're if you're a GM, if you're a GM coming to this, yes, you are looking at at some of those at some of the dead weight. No team no team where you're hiring a GM is in a great spot. Maybe they're they're either completely barren and you're Unless starting you're Orlando. Over. Yeah, <laughs> who might be hiring a new GM, a new coach, and a new sporting director? Yeah, maybe, and maybe we'll take that coach. That would be awesome. Maybe we'll take all of them. Can we just line change them? <laughs> no, that's apparently not happening. They have they, they pretty much said it on the other two candidates. But um, from what Tom Bogart said is that they tried to speak again <clears throat> to the uh, I think the current technical director at uh, Orlando and were refused refused to do so. I think that's almost an indication that we we already we're already pretty close on a new contract, so um, you, you can't speak to him. Um, or maybe Orlando just jerks wouldn't surprise me. Um, but uh, <laughs> either way, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, you, you look at that, if you are a coach coming in and also let's, you know, we haven't really talked about Christian Fletcher has been lightened up for the Swansea city U 21s. I believe he has like, like something four or five goals in like five, six, eight games. Uh, he's, I mean, again, it's, it's Academy. It's you, it's youth, more youth soccer. I think that was more about getting him moments, getting him games. You definitely want to look when you come back. You know, you want to make, you want to see what we have in him. Um, Jackson Hopkins has I, it. From what I saw at the end of the year, it looked like he might have moved positions. Uh, you know, we all kind of thought he would sort of be that right winger out there, and he sort of has shifted a little more centrally, um, playing sort of maybe that more hybrid eight role. That's going to be something to watch um, coming up, coming up for this team this year, and I think a big year for him too. Um, Kenny, you know, we saw some, I think maybe some flashes of returns. I would say maybe the Vancouver game was fine. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, can he make that Ted Cudi Pietro like step, um, like step next year? I hope so. Maybe he can sneak his way. Maybe he'll shine in the, in the Pan America games and he will make, uh, make some steps into potentially the Olympic team. I think that's, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Um, so, you know, I that's think that's that that's these United. Yeah, in a nutshell. <laughs> the, the, there's some young players in there. I mean, this is a very talented generation of, of young players coming up, uh, players with potential. Um, you know, we saw it, too, with, you know, but again, we saw it, too, with uh, uh, with Griffin Yao. And um, and that really hasn't panned out for the team as a whole. So um, interesting to see what happens. I've also uh, it's also a little interesting. There are play, certain players, too, that have kind of fallen by the wayside. Jeremy Gurea being one who I've you know, has kind of gone missing uh, despite playing many games for Loudon and not really cracking the first team. So um, it remains to be seen whether this is a sort of a wave that DC got and whether they can actually continue it. Um, I believe uh, if another, not to, to pitch past upon pitch pass, but you talked to, and I think this was also an extra time as well. They were talking about sort of that 2016, like, youth team that like won the GA cup and like all those guys are on that team are like starters for DC. So it was certainly a wave of generational talent. It remains to be seen whether the team can keep that up. And I think, you know, also the next question for me is who's, who's next. Uh, is there another player out there that they are looking to offer a contract? We haven't heard too much. We kind of knew about Ted. We knew about Matea Cabone. We knew about Christian Fletcher as well. Hasn't really been too much that really is lit up as far as the youth side. So that may be a concern 
moving forward that this youth side really has turned a corner or they just got extremely lucky. Um, yep. Let's get to the GMs. I think that should be, that should be next. Um, For DC. And then, yeah, we've got to, we're going to crunch through some spirit stuff. Yeah. But uh, let's, let's real quick. Uh, let's talk about these two new GMs. Uh, DC United is interviewed. Apparently there are these, these are kind of the two finals that have come up. Doesn't mean someone else might come up, come up, come about, but these are basically what uh, Tom Bogart is reporting and Pablo Maurer are reporting as uh, maybe the two finalists. And it is uh, Ali McKay and uh, Issa Tall. Um, I will speak frankly. I do not know. Do I know which one? I believe there was actually a discord question of the names you've mentioned. Is there anyone you hope that will be the next GM? Um, I've honestly, the, from what I've heard from Tom Bogart, who covers this league relentlessly, he talks to people. Uh, they have all said good things about both guys. Uh, both guys are really good. Uh, both clubs are very successful. I might lean a little bit more towards um, towards uh, Ali McKay, I believe, and I just completely got rid of my article. Um, the uh, Columbus GM might lean a little bit more towards him um, because, or maybe that's Issa. Ah, I'm all screwed up. I my article. Issa's Nashville, I believe. No, Issa's Nashville. Okay, so Ali. I might lean a little bit towards that just based off the fact that Columbus uses more youth players, I think, than Nashville does. Um, I think they've been a little more forefront. They've been top in MLS Next Pro, uh, very competitive there. So I maybe lean a little bit more towards uh, towards that as a goal because maybe that will translate into DC. Um, I think the real question is: I think it's 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 good to see that the team is doing that is is going after aggressive names and guys that people around the league say are brilliant, and these are guys that can make uh, can sort of make the difference in the team and can push the team forward and get some just some different mindset in there. Um, we do know the big elephant in the room based on this is that Dave Casper is still there, but I will say, I think it was Matt Doyle brought up a good point. He said, look at Cincinnati. Uh, they still, their GM that they had for several years. Um, uh, they had, uh, they, they had their GM for several years and he made a lot of terrible moves, awful moves. He's still there. He has no control in the soccer world, but he is still there. Chris Albright, now they're... Yeah, Chris Albright, now they're GM. And extended. And that GM came in, again, another mess of a roster that no one thought was good. They took kind of a bridge year where it's just like, we just need to get some some life back into this team. They signed Acosta. Acosta started looking good. They went out and they, they signed Brenner. They got a big designated player in there. And they sort of started to turn it around to where they were not the worst team anymore. I believe they made the playoffs that year. I'm pretty sure. I think they snuck into that to that playoff spot. Um, and then this year they've been, you know, supporters shield winners, running away with everything. By far and away the best team, best team in MLS this year. Lucho Acosta is the MVP. So just because Dave Casper is there, and I know the everybody, all the Commander fans out there are all just like, oh, what. You know, Vinny Serrato leaving him there. He needs to be gone. He's not getting fired. It's not happening. You're not going to get that cathartic, that cathartic, you're fired moment. You're not going to get that press release. Um, the team is going out of their way to make sure everybody knows that the next GM is going to have a large say. I have, uh, I've communicated with some people and they, I've communicated with, I'll just come out and say it. I've communicated, you know, probably I've communicated with, he's very receptive on DMs, has said uh, he can't imagine you can't imagine a situation where the GM doesn't have full control. Um, I think the real question for me is, was the signing, was the reason we got, we did not renew Wayne Rooney because you are looking at how much you spent on this roster. 
Uh, you talked about how this team does not spend in the GM. And does this team maybe look at the fact that they say, well, we spent all this money and nothing good happened. We're going back to bare bones because that got us just as good. And we're just going to hire a really smart guy that can manage that. I hope that's not the case. I hope this team still goes out and says, we still need to spend money. We just need to be better about it. And we need a plan and a vision. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll choose to be optimistic on that front. We'll choose to be optimistic. Why? Because otherwise, why would we do the show if we were just like, everything's right. going to be terrible? We would really be wise <laughs> to stop. Speaking of terrible, let's shift gears. Indeed. Washington Spirit. Um, we expected to be sitting here talking about playoffs, doing a prediction, and all of that came crashing down um, in an absolute heap of fire. Uh, that was not a fun game to watch in many stretches. Oh man, no, no, none of the stretches. In fact, yeah, <laughs> I would say the last ten minutes of this was kind of mildly interesting. Well, if you're watching uh, other games and you just saw other teams winning, I think once Marta, I think Marta drew a penalty for Orlando. I was like, all right, this is over. Like, because there was still some hope that they could draw and still get in there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just, just a disaster. Just a disaster. So we can, we can get. We'll, we'll do our a quick review of this. Basically, um, we found out on. Right before the show, I think Jason Anderson actually had this on Friday afternoon that Mark Parson was out on yellow card accumulation. That did not get brought up in any of the media availability in the midweek. Apparently, <clears throat> the assistant coach, the goalkeeper coach who took uh, the reins on the weekend knew as soon as the yellow card happened against Gotham that that was going to be the case. So the team had known. It was not a surprise. But having both Mark Parsons and Tara McKeown unavailable in a must-win game at home was not ideal. Despite whatever Aubrey Kingsbury said about don't we we weren't worried about losing Terry McKeown, <clears throat> thought we could certainly get a result. I don't particularly care. I think that those two uh, were missed, mm-hmm. and we you don't have to talk too much about the game. The game was the game played out mostly the way everyone predicted it was going to be. North Carolina has the ball. They're going to always have the ball. They're going to change their roster. They're going to make fifty changes over over year to year. They're going to lose to Binia. Uh, and they're still going to have 60 to 70% of the ball. That's just the way they're going to play. They did that. Uh, the, 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 the offense for the courage was not sharp. It has not been sharp. They have not been scoring goals. They've not been scoring goals, but the spirit have been loosey goosey all over the field, even with all of their roster back, but it all hinges on a red card, uh, by Trinity Rodman. Yeah. Whose Jersey I am wearing and, and subtle support, but still also kind of admonishment as well. Kind of upset. Uh, I would say, I'll say this. There were people who are watching this live and, you know, thought it was a BS red card. Certainly wasn't. Uh, People who are talking about the fact that, well, yeah, why didn't they give a card for the foul that previously happened to Trinity that got her so mad in the first place? That is, that is not the point. Trinity Rodman is the most foul player in WSL. That does not matter. There's a reason why she's the most foul player in WSL because they know, and it has been proven now, they can get her off her game. By kicking her, yeah. they're going to get her goat. Usually, usually it used to just happen where she would just not play well. That was that was the, that was the mark on her uh, last year, where they would just kick the crap out of her, and then she would just fade from games because it sucks and she doesn't want to do it. This game, she got kicked, and then she tried to step through Denise O'Sullivan's Achilles heel, an ankle, and she did, and hoped against hope that it wasn't saw, but the VAR saw it, <laughs> and that was it. And, and that was off. You did not see any protesting, any arguing from her. You nope, they they, they were on her they were on her face, and I'm not sure that's when the VAR signal went. But when when 
they were right on her face when that happened. And she just looked up and was like, yep, this is, this is it. Um, I'm, I'm going to, this is going to be a short game. Um, it, it was, it was, it was a bad, it was a, it was a stomp. It's a red card anywhere in the world. It was very clear. I saw it and I was like, oh, she's lucky to get away with the yellow. I really hope this doesn't go to VAR and that someone overlooks this. And as soon as it went to VR, I'm like, that's it. She's gone. Like it's, it's, and potentially I was like, all right, this team now just has to hope upon hope right now. I'm like holding on for, for a draw and just hoping that other results fall the way. If they had held on to the draw, it wouldn't have mattered. They would not have, they needed to go out and win that game to, to, to make the playoffs. Uh, wild, wild decision day. Let's just say also Frank, like just res- results all over the place. Uh, I will talk about the goal a little bit. Um, I think that was maybe the other sort of inflection point uh, goal from almost immediately off the bat that that red card. Um, this is where I was like, I was like, well, I, I don't think Mark Parsons out for one game is really going to make that much of a difference. Um, I maybe thought it made a little bit of a difference once Trinity got the red card because uh, spirit were all out of sorts for like five to 10 minutes and they gave up a goal. And that's when I said, oh, this could be this could get bad. Uh, they are this is sort of not going according to plan. There are 15,000 people in the stands here um, expecting to watch a, 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 a big, a big game. There was, you know, the spirit hats, which um, I'm hope if you're a spirit fan, maybe you uh, say, you know what? I don't need this hat. Um, maybe you should burn this hat. <laughs> maybe you should. Maybe that also should not. Maybe they should definitely make sure that not have those be their colors next yeah. year, which is the rumor. Please don't. Yeah. No black. And, if you're listening. Don't do that. No black and yellow, please. Um, but yes, but the, yeah, the hat, the hat, uh, we're not Pittsburgh. Why would, I don't understand why you do black and yellow. We're not, I don't know. They didn't want to do red, white, and blue quite clearly. However, this is not, this is, this ain't it. Yeah, this ain't it. Um, but anyway, but I bet you it is it. <laughs> <laughs> it might be, it might be. Um, but anyway, so it, the goal comes in from the camp. Tyler Lucy had, Tyler Lucy had been targeted for about 37 crosses in the first five minutes, the first 20 minutes. Uh, this one, fi- this one finally, finally came and they didn't stop. Uh, Carolyn, the entire game, I've poor, poor Gabby Carl. She was having to try to figure out how to stop Carolyn and she couldn't. And the play was, the play was set over and over and over again. And they were just going to eventually have it happen. And, and this time it did. Well, it came, it came, but, it came really but, quick because <laughs> after a red card, you lose one of, you know, uh, one of your other players out there, which is Trinity Rodman kind of running down that side with Gabby Carl, um, and can provide support. And when you kilt her off, off balance a little bit. It can make a difference, uh, but the team team was out of sorts. The goal maybe could have been saved from an offside call. Um, the I, the assistant on the field was right in line with it. Um, she kept her flag down. The replay looks like it was fairly clearly offside. The again, as I've stated earlier, those camera angles can be exceptionally deceiving. It looked if you look at it and you keep looking at it, it looks really close. You look at another camera angle. It looks like she's well offside, I think, from the far side angle. Um, it, this is why this is why offsides is difficult, even even in the VAR era and the way they do VAR, which I agree with. I think it's should be a clear and obvious error. It looks obvious. Again, eyes can be deceiving. Lines can be deceiving. It's very, very close. Um, I am. I tend to. I've sort of, at first I was like, that's ridiculous. That should have been reviewed. That should have been overturned. As I've looked at it and looked at it, I've kind of come to the conclusion that uh, I think maybe it might've been a fine call to let go. Um, and that was the pool reporter's question was there was, mm-hmm. they asked, did you look at this? And they said, it, we did not deem it to be a clear and obvious error. 
on the field. And I think if if there is that much back and forth about decision making, having look at even at the, the still after the fact, I think you can argue that that's a fair assessment. They've used it for less, right? Like that that's not always the threshold that they actually withhold, which is why VR is frustrating so many people, because that's a that's somewhat of a subjective threshold. But I, I th- this is not down. Aubrey Kingsbury in the post game was like, this is not why we're not in the playoffs. Yeah. It was not this. It was not that goal. There was they they only they lost the least amount of games in all of NWSL this year. I think it was was it six, six games? Six. So that is interesting, but they just drew, they lost that similar to uh previous year where they would be in winning positions and they would give it away. They would have, they would have late goals. They would just, they would, you know, not score when they needed to lots of draws. Very, very frustrating overall season. They, they couldn't finish the, this year. There, there was like, a supreme lack of finishing of these final games. I would say maybe they were outplayed and I'm not even counting this game because you had one of your best players sent off. Um, maybe in, in, I would say, probably their final stretch of games, they were maybe outplayed in one or two games where they were the worst team. Um, the The Chicago game for me is like the big omen because they threw in throughout just dominated that game. And I feel like that game just kind of broke them a little bit where it was like, wow, we must be cursed because goodness gracious, we had the better chances. We had the better opportunities and we just could not find the back of the net. And we got scored on twice. Um, it, it, they were FM'd of the highest order in that, in that regard. So, um, yeah. I, so go ahead. No, I said, we've, we just find ourselves here at the end of this season. This is a, this is a team that Mark Parsons said from the onset is not there yet. We're in, we're in an inter- intermediate building mode. They won too soon and they were not necessarily, they shouldn't have been the worst team in the league last year. Uh, so the good thing is you can't say that this is revisionist history from him now as they don't make the playoffs. That was his story from week one. So as they took off and they had a good start to the season, he was very much saying like, hey, we're happy for the points, but we're not there yet. We're not we, we've not set up the way we want to have set up yet. So I'll give him that. There is going to be uh, some roster changeover here. There always is an NWSL. I'm going to run very quickly through their roster. Who's, Let me just, uh, who's, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 I want to before before we get into that, I want to bring up Mark Parsons because I, I will say, OK, you're, you're not there yet, buddy, but. You have seven players, seven players in this roster, seven players that are, yeah, it's, I think it's still seven. Now, maybe it's like five now because I, I keep, I keep wanting to throw in some of the other, like, you know, your, um, some of the other players that were here, but you have several players that are playing on the U.S. women's national team. They are parts of that national team. They are part of its future. Andy Sullivan, Ashley Sanchez, Trinity Rodman, Ashley Hatch was was certainly probably on that way and probably should have been on that roster considering how poor the U S finishing was in that world cup. Uh, you have a golden boot winner and, and, uh, and I, I think his seat, while I will not say, I will not say I'm there yet. Maybe I, I was maybe there a little bit after that game. I was like, I think, I think he should be let go. Um, this team should be in the playoffs. This team is talented enough that they should have made the playoffs. They should have made the playoffs in my opinion, way easier. They missed several opportunities to, to make the playoffs. I, I, for the life of me is the thing. I don't understand if, if this is an intermediate year, you essentially made the change. And I don't, this is nothing against uh SAR who is, I'm sure a good player. She showed some good moments. Maybe we'll see a better version of her next year. You completely wanted to shift how this team played to make her a major player down the stretch. And it failed. It didn't work. This team looked a worst, worst, 
worse than themselves. This team was heading into the break. That game against Portland was competing for the top spot in in the NWSL at the time. They were they were right up there. Uh, they had a great start to the year. They looked like they're really like their old selves in a lot of ways. They weren't perfect, but they looked like their old selves. And you made the change coming back out of the out of the World Cup break to completely change how this team made instead of maybe looking at an offseason to do that. I am not ready to say Mark Parsons out yet, but I am saying next year his seat should be extremely warm. And if this team gets off to a poor start, I think you need to look at potentially firing and replacing him. You are now you are now part of the rich. You are now part of the rich team, the rich, the rich owners, the dedicated owners. You are not you are not in an ownership group that is just trying to that is basically bare, you know, bare bones. Michelle King has invested a tremendous, tremendous amount into this team, both from a marketing perspective, both on the field. And right now, this team is not delivering for the talent that they have. Um, I think maybe that statement is to ease expectations of players, but with more uh, with more resources comes higher expectations, and those expectations were not met this year, 100%. This team should be in the playoffs right now. And they were a win away from it. And it certainly could have well, certainly could have broke they, that they way. They could have, they could have, and they and they could have been in the playoffs had a couple of the matches gone their way. But I think their poor stretch down the line, mm-hmm. regardless of how they played in those games and how they looked, they did look good in those games. There was something off about this team for a long time, and that's really where they lost out. I think on this on this playoff race. So I don't know. I think that I think that that I think that's a fair argument. I think that he has sold this three year vision to Michelle Kang and Michelle Kang agrees with it completely. So I think his his seat is most regardless of the fact that if you look at those players and say you should be able to with minimal squeezing figure out how to get get that team into the in the playoffs now. Maybe not be a championship caliber team, but like should be able to do it. Granted they you lost them for a month. Yeah. But it also didn't really kill us because it was the Challenge Cup. They didn't they only lost two or three games for the league. Yeah. Um anyway. So quickly going to get through there are going to be lots of changes. Players who are um locked up, Trinity Rodman still two more years, Dorian Baylor, Bailey three more years. Uh Anna Butel who played center back in place for Tara McKeown, who I thought was fine. Uh two year con two more years, Gabby Carl two more years. Um, uh, Aubrey Kingsbury. It says is a free agent. I'm I, surprised by that. She'll get. They'll 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 figure out her contract. Yeah. Terry McKeown, new three year deal. Chloe Ricketts, three year deal. Ashley Sanchez, uh, new two more years. And Andy Sullivan, three more years and an option. Most of the other op- The way that NWSL works is many of the young players are on year to year deals, similar to USL, similar to the lower end of the roster in MLS. Um, players that are free agents this year, Nicole Barnhart, probably likely to see her leave. Cam Bogalski, a player who has changed positions now, was previously a wing uh, outside back and is now playing as a forward and a wing player. Likely probably might see her uh, gone. Amber Brooks, free agent, uh, who came on as a forward at the end of the game, uh, last, at the, which is interesting. Uh, Nicole Douglas, Free agent. I think they'll probably keep her because he she has a, a a history with Mark Parsons. Bailey Feist, free agent. Probably gonna see the end of her here after her injury. Did not look the same. Uh, I'm very unfortunate on that front. Uh, Maddie Elwell, uh, Ashley Hatch. I thought she had signed a new extension, but uh, Sport Track has it that she doesn't. I think that they will probably look to f- keep her. <laughs> I, would, I would imagine that they will. 
uh, but I have not seen that anywhere. Paige Mateer, they're going to resign her to a deal. Yeah. I think I voted for her in the top three rookie of the year uh, because for the first three quarters of the year, she was amazing. They um, uh, they've exercised a the twenty twenty four option on Ashley Hatch's on, con- Hatch. on Hatch's contract. She will be here next year. Okay. Uli Matasar is here for three more years. To Ted's point, this was a this was a move. He had he had a lot of belief in this move. I I think that I have been critical of her. She scored two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. This week she was pretty good. I think that she's a defensive liability and having her. So she's on Gabby Carl's side, which was making her even more torched in this game. They've got to figure out a way to provide uh, maybe Paige Mateer having to. I don't know. They're going to figure something out. And because uh, that's a challenge, you know, and, and more what I was getting at, I think you could have signed Sar. You give her a three year contract and you say, I believe in you, but, you know, we I think right now I don't want to mess with too much. I want to have a, a off season to actually work that work on this to get this right. My criticism of Mark Parsons is that he threw her in and maybe and maybe this will benefit a longer game. She scores a great goal. She seemed to sort of find her feet a little bit. Maybe she starts to learn a little bit of the roster. Maybe I will be I. I will not be surprised at all if I eat my words next year and she is best 11 quality and is, and is, and is adding like a fourth prong to that attack. Um, I'm more angry. We were wrong about Mickey owns. We were wrong about Tara. So we have to very (laughs) possible that we are incorrect on Mark's on Mark's uh, perspective. Yeah. But um, again, to talk about Paige Mateo. So Paige Mateo is probably your one draft pick back because I don't, she's undrafted. Yeah. Undrafted. So she was, she was just, she was just, she was just, they just found her. Yeah. We were talking earlier and, and this is a game what we talked about earlier with the uh, with, with the the end of that game is the the lack of forward. It's funny. I was like watching it, I'm like wow, there's like no forward depth, and I'm like, well, what happened to Solano? Had some good moments. Like, what happened to her? She just has vanished. She's still showing up. Um, so I don't know if there there was some injury or anything like that. I didn't see anything. Um, Ashley but- Hatch talked about her specifically in the post game, saying that basically there are just young players who saw their playing time disappear. Yeah, and she was one of the ones that was mentioned, saying that she got asked to play different roles, and then when it came down to it, she just wasn't. It just wasn't a factor. They didn't think she was ready as a nine. Yeah, this team will have a at least have a first round pick. I think two first round picks. Um, they'll have they'll have Ol Reigns first round pick. They'll have an extra second round pick. Uh, and unlike as we talked about in the MLS, where a super draft is worth spit, uh, and NWSL is something you really want. Yeah, for now, uh, for so now, it's changing. For, for now, for now. So that that Lena Solano. Um, Sam Staub is on a three-year mm-hmm. Bradley Tanner, a player who plays for Panama every single game and scores goals, cannot break even into the 18. Something to something to watch there. And Anna Halfordy will come back from her season-long injury. Tori Huster is a free agent. I don't know what they're going to do with her coming back off of her Achilles injury. They might want to keep her around for veteran leadership, but she did not get did not factor quite as much as she probably would have wanted to. Maybe she moves into an assistant coach position. This is a it's all going to be a long offseason. Uh, they're, they've talked, you know, they've, they've said this is, this is a building situation. They're not, a lot of the players, all the players that you love are locked up. Mm-hmm. They're going to be here next year. If the question is what can they do on the depth side, uh, to push and what can they, how can they build, if they're going to stick with this four, three, three, can they build the depth around that four, three, three, that they can actually, uh, you know, win enough games and stop, stop drawing so much. And, and the more interesting thing is next year, no, no challenge cup. The challenge cup is going away. What does that schedule look like? Because uh, next up, you got the Olympics. Um, smaller roster, so I would not be shocked if I think it would be maybe difficult for NBA player like Ashley Hatch to crack that roster uh, because the the roster size for the Olympics is smaller. Smaller games, it's a different different tournament. Um, we'll see. She she's probably going to push for it. There's going to be some other players leaving. There might be some options and some roles there. 
but you're still looking at a significant portion of the of the uh, of also a new coach, a new manager. Things can go crazy and change very quickly. Uh, I think they still don't have a manager signed yet for the U.S. women's team. Um, so looking, that's, looking, that's correct. looking ahead to that, um, looking ahead to that, that's going to be another another big international tournament that this team is going to have to have to manage. Uh, and then also coming up in the year after that, of course, is the uh, is the women's uh, Gold Cup. Uh, with the South American team. So um, there's going to be inter- international. It used to be, it was like just weather two years and then you get, you know, some fresh, you get freshness as far as like not having to deal with, um, with trying to manage a bunch of international games. Uh, that's going to change. And I think that I, my hope is that the challenge cup leads to maybe this, maybe this league being like, we need to really like, we're just going to take a break Olympics world cup. We're taking a break. And we're going to respect the international windows. They don't play too many games. Um, there isn't a whole lot of games that they play in a season. They, I feel like they could fit it in um, if they really wanted to. Uh, last note for the spirit and for the show. Sam Staub is uh, the fourth three-time Iron Woman in NWSL history. She has started 90 consecutive matches. She's got 5,370 consecutive minutes. Uh, and it would be a little bit lower uh, except for there was a red card that was overturned, but the minutes did not disappear. Sam Staub is a player that continues to be talked about as why does she not get a, a sniff at the national team level because of her skill set. The Spirit are very, very lucky to have her and lucky to not lose her over international windows. So I, for one, as a Spirit as a Spirit first fan, despite the jersey that I am wearing, <laughs> I am I am okay with things may, staying as they are. But that's where we're at. We're we're at the off season for both these teams. The playoffs are going to go on without without us, uh, and we will. You know, I think we're gonna we're gonna move to a every other week publishing mm-hmm. uh, strategy here for the for the next couple of months. So we'll talk about the playoffs and you know the clubs that were not in it, and also about any sort of news that affects these clubs. But we're in for a bit of our 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 winter break, our hibernation hibernation period. Yep, every other week, and uh, there might be some news that drops. Maybe we'll. Um, Maybe we'll try to get some interviews in if 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 we're liked well enough to to get some of those. We um, could probably do that. Yeah. Tell us who you want us to talk to on either of those rosters, and we could probably make that happen. For yeah, you. absolutely. All right, folks, that's gonna do it. Thank you guys so so much for listening. Uh, thank you guys also for sticking with us. Um, you know, we're we're we always have moments. I feel like where this gets a little tough, and then there's always moments that come in that remind us uh, what we're doing is is what we love. So, um, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys uh, down the road. Vamos. Vamos.